And we are super psyched to welcome our newest sponsor, Thunder Road Guitars. Thunder Road Guitars is the Pacific Northwest best source for premium, new, used, and vintage guitars, amplifiers, and pedals. Online or in their Seattle, that's West Seattle, or Portland stores. You'll find fantastic customer service and a terrific vibe. I know because I'm in there a lot. Grab a cup of coffee, swing on in, don't spill your coffee, and check it all out. And now if you use code TOURSTORIES10, you can get 10% off at thunderroadguitars.com. Yes, that's me playing guitar. Hello, big news from our friends over at DistroKid. They now have an app. This app works on iOS and Android, of course, and it's available in the Apple Store and Google Play Stores and all the stores where you buy apps. Go check it out. It's got a lot of cool features. You can upload new releases. You can get notified when you've earned royalties. Awesome. You can withdraw from the app via push notifications. A little dangerous for me, but rad. Anyways, go check it out. It's all at distrokid.com app. And don't forget, you can still get 30% off your DistroKid account by going to distrokid.com VIP slash tour stories. Have a great one. We continue to celebrate our friends and partners over at Isotope, and we got some big news for you. The gold standard of audio repair, RX11, is coming in May. In the meantime, you can buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. Tour Story listeners get 10% off by using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. All at isotope.com. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hello, Tour Story listeners. Thank you for your continued support, and welcome to Season 4. I'd like to take a second to thank our friends and sponsors over at Isotope. Here at Ruinous, Chris and I rely heavily on easy-to-use tools like RX and Ozone for all of our audio repair, mixing, and mastering. Now, Tour Story listeners can get 10% off Isotope plugins or try Music Production Suite Pro for free for 30 days using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. To get your discount and check out all of their easy-to-use products, go to isotope.com slash ruinous. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com slash ruinous. And use code FRET10. And thank you for listening. Hey, Thomas. Hey, how are you? Good. Good to see you. Good to see you too. It's been a while. I know. I just asked my uh, tour manager when the last time I saw you was because we played a show together. Yeah, we did. It was in Tulsa on Valentine's Day, yeah. 2020, which in a way doesn't seem doesn't seem that long ago, but it was a while ago. Time flies. Yeah. <laughs> so where are you right now? Uh, I'm in my hometown, Umeå in the north of Sweden. It's getting colder here and the rain is falling outside, but it's uh, I'm inside, so it's cozy and nice. And I understand you just moved, so you have a new home. Exactly. Um, yeah. Getting stuff organized and just, uh, it's kind of chaotic here right now, but I think it's going to be f- fine in the end. 
You have kids? I have four kids. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that adds to the chaos, I guess. Yeah, that's what I was just asking. Why I was asking, I have four kids in my backyard and only one of them is mine and it's chaos <laughs> back there. Okay. <laughs> they may interrupt us at any second also. Yeah. Well, my three boys that I have from my previous marriage, they're at their mom's place now. And my youngest, who I had in December, is kind of sleeping, I think. I can hear her, though. But so that's uh, it's 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 pretty peaceful, I would say. Yeah. Nice. How's it feel um, pandemic wise or how is the vaccination vibe there where you live? Well, it's moving forward. Um, it was kind of slow at first, especially here in the north for some reason. I don't think it was a <laughs> geographic thing, but um, now it's it's uh, it's really starting to look up in terms of vaccination. And, you know, you have these people who are kind of resisting a little bit, but uh, hopefully they're getting fewer <laughs> and fewer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I I had my second shot last week, so I'm I'm very grateful and <laughs> optimistic. Good. And are, so you're not in a sort of lockdown situation. You guys are going outside, going to grocery stores at least. Yeah, I mean Sweden had a different approach than I would say almost every other country, and we'll see if that was a good idea or not. I guess in the coming years, but. Uh, we never had a strict lockdown at any point. So people were out and about, I mean, with restrictions, but not like hard ones. So it's been pretty open mm -hmm. since the beginning, uh, which feels kind of strange when you're talking to friends abroad and, and just, you know, get a sense of how, how different the, this year has been for us. So, yeah. It hasn't been business as usual, obviously, but I live in a small town too, so it's not really that crowded anyway. Right. That that makes it easy. Yeah, um, I have basically turned my life into living in a small town by not going too far out of my neighborhood here in Seattle. And did you have, like, did it vary between cities in terms of lockdowns or was it like national thing that it applied to all places i'm sorry Very, i should know this maybe but no it's too it's so fucking complicated here with certain governors of certain states like texas resisting lockdowns and mask wearing um so it's it's hard for anyone to keep up with but to answer your question yeah it varies from state to state and the states that were stricter with lockdowns and mask wearing have less infections and are doing better. No surprise. No, yeah, you you can <laughs> exactly no surprise makes <laughs> it makes total sense. Yeah. So, what did you get into over the last year and a half? How did you occupy your time with your four children at home? Yeah, that that keeps me occupied, or they keep me occupied for sure. Yeah, I mean, parts of last year was were kind of hard I guess because I'm so used to touring I've been touring since I was 16 it's just such a kind of natural and crucial part of my life and and something that I've chosen so uh, and that I love so 
obviously that was hard not to be able to do what I love. However, it was also super nice to be at, at home as much as I was. Um, uh, so, I mean, it, it, and I, I kind of, I did some music, we did some recordings with my band and, um, what and, band? well, I play in a, like a post metal band called Cult of Luna. Uh, so mm-hmm. we made a new album and then I did some recordings with other artists and, um, like basically it kind of opened up more this spring, I would say. So this spring has been really busy and I also work for something that's called the Swedish Grants Committee that is um, under the cultural department of the government. So I I work with them uh, analyzing the situation for musicians in Sweden, but also uh, granting or, or denying applications for scholarships. Right. Um, and obviously the pandemic has made that situation so much harder for so many musicians. So it's been a lot of work for us trying to, you know, portion out the the funds that we got from the from the government. That's interesting. Was there an increase in grant applications over the pandemic, would you say? Oh man, it's uh I don't know, it it's like fifty or sixty percent more and much harder restrictions when it came to to say yes to them and yeah also like we had sort of a crisis grant that had to be made now because obviously this is a situation that no one here has been in before um so we had to sort of make the rules for it and that's really it's more difficult than one could imagine i think just uh, uh like measuring the level of professionalism within an artist's work you know like do you work enough and then you have some people who are you know playing at funerals or um, uh, homes for elderly people and they keep so busy over the year and then you have people who play with I don't know like Robin or a huge Swedish artist and they have much less and then you sort of have to see who is the professional one of these two what do we base the analysis on and 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 the decision so it's it's been uh, a very interesting job but kind of hard at the same time because you you kind of judge people that are just like me you know like yeah um, who are in the same situation as i am too so it's uh it's quite emotional to be honest yeah that that would i can imagine you know, if I was in your position, it's kind of looking in the mirror and saying, do you deserve a grant? Yeah, exactly. Tough process. It is tough. And then, I mean, we're told not to read too much of the sort of of the description of their situation right now. But obviously, it's, it's hard not to look, you know, and it's really like uh, heartbreaking stories. This has been really, really tough. I mean, if you look at a Swedish artist's good year or normal year it's not great you know to begin with and then given these circumstances it's been so hard and you know like people i have three kids and my wife is sick and we have to you know um, pay mortgage mortgage you say and uh you know all the all the costs and they they don't they're they're not making any money and so it's yeah it's been tough for sure well uh i guess i can thank you for doing that on behalf of uh 
you're Swedish people, but if well, you were here nice in the States, I would say thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's nice of you. It's, uh, it feels good. I mean, obviously, when, when sort of the, the decisions are made public, they, they get so many calls from people who are desperate and, and really, really uh, kind of panicking over the situation, but also a lot of people who are so thankful and people calling and crying on the phone just out of thankfulness and, and joy because now they can continue for a few months at least. So, so it's, yeah, yeah, it's both, I guess. But, but it's also, I mean, it's something to be thankful for that we have a system where we can uh, actually give out money to artists. Yeah. Well, that I'm assuming kept you plenty busy and it sounds like you got some recording in and um, do you, do you record yourself? Do you have a studio or anything where you re rehearse or record? Well, we have a rehearsal space, but when I'm recording here in my hometown, I, I usually team up with a buddy of mine who has a studio and uh, mm -hmm. he's a he's a drummer himself and you know a real drum nerd and super sort of great in every way and we have such a good workflow so it's um i i really um uh, prefer working with him and i'm not very tech savvy to be honest like i've always been the guy just mm -hmm. playing and never sort of learning the the technical aspect of it, which is stupid i know i should have and i'm i don't know why I'm, i guess i'm lazy in some respect but this <laughs> is um yeah so this is so good for me this setup is great so, and then people can send me stuff and we can work on them and and it's been fun you know doing sort of a direct link kind of thing where we record a like a snippet and then we send a, a short bounce and then we get feedback and then we redo it so it's kind of like being in the same place without the other person having to watch me watching their reaction, you know, <laughs> so that they can right. listen to my stuff and like, oh, and then get back to me. So it's, I, I, I really like that. Although it's always nicer to be in the same room and to be close to the people that you're working with. But um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think remote recording, I did plenty of it before the pandemic, but, um, and I, it is, it's, it's, I'm glad that I was able to do it on the fly. In the do you have a Do you a have half. a setup at home or? Yeah, I have a recording setup. I have a studio that I share with other people. That's great. And so I think that you know it. As you say, it, it's fun and it's really useful and it's a great way to record. But man, you can really get stuff done a lot faster if you're in person because you you tend to make those decisions a lot faster because you don't have time to like listen to it for a second in an email. And then drive your car down the street and be like, oh, maybe it should be. You just make them on the fly in the yeah. studio. And it usually winds up being better anyways. Yeah. No, I I, I, I totally get what you're saying. It's, yeah, it's, it's. I mean, I, I, I've, I guess, tried to see the positive side. And it's also a new way of working for me because I'm really kind of a, a band guy that's always I've, I've always played in bands and been part of mm -hmm. like the long process of, of writing songs and then going into the studio together and then touring so it's this is kind of a a new thing for me not you know doing session work but doing session work this way yeah yeah again it's it's a it's a great version of it and i we need all versions of it to 
you know, spreading the music around and sharing it with each other. So yeah, absolutely. Did any of your bands do any streaming over the past year? No, we didn't actually. Um, I play with a pop band that is called Deportees, also from my hometown, and we did a couple of small shows last fall actually here in our hometown, but nothing streamed. You haven't toured at all yet, have you? Have you been home? We actually uh, did a few shows now in August, like every weekend we did one show because they've, they have changed the restrictions a little bit so you can do outdoor shows in front of 500 people. Um, and it's it was kind of fun because we played in Stockholm and uh, the crowd had to... First, they were uh, meant to sit down and have sort of a picnic, but it was raining like crazy. So they told people, okay, so you can stand up. However, you have to have your drink on the ground. So you have to, you know, squat and then pick your drink and then <laughs> stand up again. Because the drink was sort of the anchor or whatever. That's the place so that they don't move around. But it looked pretty funny from stage, you know. But uh, yeah, so, but yeah, we did a few shows and it's been really emotional, to be honest. And, and just to see the crowd so invested you know and you can really tell that people have been longing for for the arts and to see live performances so it's been yeah pretty deep to be honest it's it, you know just seeing all these faces and and knowing that we we are kind of sharing this whole pandemic situation and uh, yeah it's been special i know that you've been playing too right yeah, and um, we set out for a tour with Kings of Leon two weeks ago. And um, unfortunately, someone tested positive in the entire touring team, which is a lot of people. It's about 90 people, including oh. us. And uh, so we, we've taken the last week off, but we're resuming again on Friday. And it sounds like... We're just going to keep trying. You know, we have a pretty strict protocol. We really don't go near each other. The bands, we see each other from a distance, but we <laughs> wave to each other. But we, it, because it's summertime, it's easy to hang out outside by our bus. And uh, if we go inside, most of these venues are outside. But if we go inside, we're always masked. Everyone's masked. Um, I'm quite surprised, actually, that there was a positive test but you know it's a pretty smart virus so it is um, unfortunately yes so yeah the shows were going great and you know the fact that we're going back maybe just a lesson learned and we just have to keep up our strict protocol if we want to keep doing it and just hope for the best and it may be a stop and start thing for all of us yeah including uh school for kids but I feel okay about it because we are dealing with it collectively, you know, my, my peers yeah. in this touring group. And uh, if we can successfully get back out there and resume touring and hopefully finish what we set out for, then, you know, I think it'll be a success on our end, at least. I mean, it doesn't bother me that much, all of these restrictions and everything that is so weird compared to how it is 
normally when you're touring. If if someone would have told me like two years ago that, okay, so playing a show will be like this, you know, you would be like, what? Then you're going to take so much of the, of the fun out of it. But right. then when you play and you connect anyway, and just being in the music with people that you love, even if it's just one show, it really, I felt it was so rewarding still. It's really like you... One works with what is given, you know, so it's um, so that was kind of a a good thing to take uh, away from the experience now playing shows. It's like, right. okay, so this is strange. It's weird and it's not like it used to be, but it's so great anyway, just to be able to do it. That's better put than I could ever put it, because the first couple shows, I wasn't even sure what the feeling was that I was having, but I. I couldn't put it into words, you know, and then two days into it, I'm like, oh, I know why I feel so great. Yeah. I'm playing shows again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you can really feel and, and going back to what I talked about earlier with my, the grants committee work, it's really a, such a feeling of community and it's an eye opener in, in terms of, uh, because I mean, when you play pop or rock music, you tend to sort of travel in the same circuit and same context uh, mm -hmm. artistically but then for me to sit down with all these applications and and seeing people who are working so hard that I never get to see and I kind of almost didn't know that they existed you know this kind of okay but this these are also musicians who are working so hard and they will never get you know um Uh, you know, <laughs> Pitchfork will never write about them or even right. like a Swedish yeah. magazine. They don't know about them, but they have invested so much in, in this and uh, music is their life. You know, it's it was really beautiful and it, it, it created such a, a sense of community and, and like uh, like the struggle is real kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, you know, what you reminded me of and I it just kind of dawned on me is back to sort of the restrictions of a show right now, you know, as you were saying, you have to leave your wine on the grass. I, that image to me is kind of funny, but it reminded me of the first time I played in Japan. Yeah. And my experience with that was, whoa, everyone is sitting. And then when you're done playing, when you're done playing, they clap But then they're silent. They stop clapping altogether. Is that right? Do you remember it that way? Oh, yeah, man. It was kind of surreal. I was like, right. Okay. And so we're doing the next song now. But the energy in the room was so on and off, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, and it's so polite. And you can really see that they're in it. But, yeah. you know, the way that they expressed it for me was really kind of mind-blowing but also oh, kind yeah. of scary at the same time because <laughs> it was so different from what I was I mean I grew up playing in punk bands so and people were not silent between the songs that was not <laughs> right. part of it you know they were maybe even louder even louder and and you know exactly throwing things or harassing you or whatever so it's really yeah so this was <laughs> at, the, at the other end of the spectrum I would say so it was But yeah. yeah, it was a, a a very special experience for sure. Well, do you have any shows booked for the rest of the year besides your uh, your weekend shows? Or do you have any tours booked? 
No tours. Um, I'm going to actually play drums in a play here in my hometown. I haven't done that in so long. And um, I'm excited about that. Well, it's, I mean, we just started rehearsing and it's, it's cool because we, we get to play, you know, like in the tunes. So it's fun. And then they have uh, written Swedish, Swedish lyrics to, to the songs and interpreted the, the themes and it it's fun it's and i'm going to be wearing a dress which is uh, not uh it was a long time since i did that on stage so this is going to be fun too um and uh yeah i'm i'm excited it's a good play and and i know a bunch of the the actors so it's um yeah so that's probably the closest to touring i, w- I will get this fall and then mm-hmm. hopefully next year is going to be better because i I have three releases coming up with my band, so it it's gonna go from. Oh, well, we'll see, obviously, with the restrictions and everything. But if things open up next year, it's gonna be pretty logistically brutal, I would say. Right, I gotcha. Well, um, I'd like to acknowledge the loss of one of the greatest drummers, Charlie Watts. We lost yeah. him today. Do you have any favorite Charlie tunes or? eras of charlie's playing or specific songs you know what and this feels like a horrible thing to say (laughs) on this very day but uh i really love tunes from the rolling stones when i hear them but i haven't had sort of a a close relationship to their music you know some of my friends you know they they started listening to them when they were in their teens and then they never let go it's really something that that some of my friends got into and and like one of my best friends the guitarist in Cataluna he he said that he was crying you know today so much because of what happened so i i can see that people are super invested in obviously but because it's one of the greatest rock bands but personally it's uh, i mean he's a great drummer and he's very uh, he was a great drummer sorry but it's um and he had a like a unique touch and his ideas, you know, just uh, lifting the hi hat on the snare kind of yeah. thing and making that your trademark. It's it's genius, really. It's uh, it's so it cool. Is. Like whenever you do it, people are like, okay, so that's where you got it from, and this is the guy. And you mean, I mean, to be able to do that with the millions of drummers, rock drummers, you know, it's uh, that's pretty special because it's, I mean, yeah. Uh, like technically it's kind of an easy thing to do but then to make it your trademark is it's it's very very cool and very impressive i have to say do you ever do that do you ever lift your hi hat i do <laughs> i do too so uh, yeah i do too i don't always do it but man when i first discovered it i i felt weird about it of course when i was young um yeah. <laughs> But then I heard uh, one time I was trying it, recording it when I was really young, and I heard it play back, and I was like, "That makes sense." Yeah, what yeah it move. does. It's so counterintuitive in a way, so that makes it, as you say, it doesn't feel natural. But then when you listen to it, it sonically it makes sense, uh, depending on the song, obviously. But but it can be really, uh, really really cool and 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 really sort of heightening the <laughs> the drum part. Yeah. Elevating was what I was Elev- saying. Yeah, I guess yeah. that's what it does. It leaves a, the perfect amount of space, I think. Yeah, exactly. 
And were you the same way as me? Like when, when you were young, you cared so much about technique and so much about chops. And then the older you get, the less important it feels. And, and you sort of focus on other things and uh, also work within the limits that you have. Because that's my experience. I'm, I'm not a very technical drummer who can play anything. But mm -hmm. it's really kind of... I try to make the most out, out of what I have, you know, and, and dig deep into that and hopefully come out with something that is worth listening to. But like, uh, I don't know what your journey was. Well, it was similar. I mean, for some reason, I, I stayed away from jazz and I'm not quite sure. But as far as technical drumming goes or working on technique, there was a point in my early teens where I was all about that. And it might have been Charlie Watts amongst a bunch of other drummers who I've realized that feel is a big part of it. I think technique also is, but I went, then I just started going towards my abilities and sort of trying to accentuate that. And yeah. the importance of working with other people also came into play. Yeah. And that's also a thing that I learn over the years is like when you play with people that you love and you respect and and you know you're inspired by and then like if they like what i'm doing even if i don't really like it myself i can trust their judgment and this is such a nice like uh, freeing feeling at least it was for me like this is something that we do together and like if you come off stage and you're super unhappy with what happened i mean from your own perspective and then everyone else is happy and you you know that the crowd is happy then it's like okay so maybe it was fine then it's just me who got caught up in something that yeah. you know i used to be like that so much before you know not throwing chairs and stuff but it happened <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah. you know and then at some point i was like what's the point i mean if everyone else is happy, it's so like selfish in a way to care so much about my, uh, you know, my feeling that I got from making a mistake. I have a, a good friend, a Swedish drummer who said the five second technique, like you make a mistake on a song and then you get to dwell on it for five seconds and be all angry about it. And then you just have to let it go and then move Ooh, on. That's a good one. It's like a that. really good one. I, I, I applied it and it worked so good because I'm not like, I'm not a fan of musicians who always come off stage and like, oh, man, I, this is, I nailed it. Everything was great because that's not always the case. I mean, you, yeah. you have to sort of acknowledge the stuff that didn't really work out and then try to improve and, you know, all of this, but you know, self-hatred is not really a good place to improve from, I think. You know, it's 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 hard, I guess, at least. But, you know, try to be sort of balanced about it is probably yeah. better. At least that's my experience because the self-hatred throwing chairs kind of thing. I don't know. It just <laughs> ruined the mood in the in the dressing room. You know, you have such a uh, smooth, calm disposition. I kind of want to see you throw a chair. If there's any videos <laughs> out there, will you send it to me? <laughs> I doubt it. It was before... Uh, Smartphones. And you seem to save that energy from when you get behind the drums because you deliver a lot of power when you... I've only seen you play in Phoenix, but man, within that band, I just... Uh, the first time I saw you play with them, 
it, it's one of the most memorable shows I've ever seen because you guys got into some improvising, but it was just a perfect amount. I think um, your singer walked off stage and came back in the back of the room and you guys were jamming on something kind of heavy. And it was just, it, you seemed to provide a, a perfect amount of heaviness to the pop that Phoenix is, is you know, and uh, man, it, it works for me. That's for sure. Thank you. And, and I, yeah, those, those moments when Thomas is crowd surfing away and you're not really sure where he is or if he's coming oh. back or if he's wearing shoes when he comes back, you know, this vibe, it's always, uh, it's fun and, and vibrant, but sometimes it's, yeah, you can just lose track of him. Like what? But then we started <laughs> using a, a long red cable that was lit up. Uh, ah. So you could sort of trace him like, okay, so he's over there. And then he's, <laughs> no, he's not coming back. And then, you know, so it's, uh, so that helped. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure that was the reason why they wanted to use it, but I could, I can benefit, I could benefit from it. Yeah. You had a leash on your lead singer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, um, I'm going to let you go here in a second, but what are you looking forward to in the next, you know, eight months or so? Hopefully uh, we loosen up a little bit. We get to play more and more shows um, or our world opens up. Is there anything in particular you're looking forward to? Playing with Phoenix since they're living in, in France, Italy, and the U.S. It's kind of uh, now, since we haven't been touring, it's so long in between the the times when we get to see each other. So that's something that I really look forward to, to to be hanging out with them because it's it's so lovely and, and I've been with them for so long. So they're really like family. So that's that's obviously something that I'm looking forward to because... Fingers crossed, we're going to do some touring next year, mm -hmm. and uh, but also just trying to to be, to go with the flow, which hopefully means more shows and 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 you know releasing the albums that we have recorded and and you know get getting back to whatever normal will be. But just but I mean, obviously, most of all for the eight, coming eight months, it's watching my my daughter grow and being like seeing her with my three sons is is the best so so that's uh, if if i won't <laughs> be able to tour i still have the best place to be for sure so i'm i'm, yeah. I'm confident that the, the coming eight months are going to be just fine either way all right well um I hope I get to see you play. I hope we get to hang out more. I think last time we had to leave or you had to leave and as usual. But yeah. um it was super nice. I remember yeah. that as such a such a nice memory for me. Yeah. And um I think we played some pool maybe. I exactly. can't remember. Oh, we did for sure. It was a fun yeah. dressing room. A lot of things. It was. Do. Yeah. Well, I hope to see you maybe in Tulsa, but yeah. hopefully somewhere else. Let's aim for that. Somewhere. <laughs> yeah. If I come to Sweden, I'll I'll bother you. No, please come come and hang. Yeah, for All right. sure. Thank you so much for having me. All right, thank you. I appreciate your time and uh, and uh, taking a little time from rehearsal to talk to me. Of course, and, my uh, pleasure. Take care of yourself and all your kids. Yeah, thanks. Take care. All right, take it easy. Okay.